So what do y'all think, Keeper? Yes or no? Yeah. I, I just love that song. Hey, um, one of the most challenging things about being a pastor is people ask questions of, of me that, that my answer is I don't know. And by the way, I don't know is a complete answer because I don't know. And so one of the challenges of being a pastor, though, is you've got to figure out the answers to questions people have. And one of the top questions that you get as a pastor is, um, how do you raise godly kids? And my answer is, I don't know. I have a 14-year-old girl who's amazing. She's getting ready to turn 15. But my contribution to her life is, is she gets to go to therapy because of me. And so that's my contribution. That's, I, I, I don't know how to raise godly kids. So um, I'm, I'm figuring it out. I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm, I'm figuring. How many of you have children? You have children. Okay, so it's definitely something that we've at least thought about once in our lives. So I was listening to a podcast um, several months ago, and I, I was just reminded, uh, Gary and Heather Snozel have been friends of mine for over a decade, but I was listening to this podcast by their, by their boys. Their boys were doing this podcast, and they were kind of um, they were kind of talking about Gary and Heather and growing up in, in the home, and I started thinking about the fact that Gary and Heather Snozel have five boys who all love Jesus and who all work in a church. That, that's like batting a thousand. If you've got five, you, you hope that just if you can just get one to love Jesus and show up at church every once in a while and the, the rest will come on Mother's Day, that's a, that's a win. And, and so I'm listening to this podcast and I'm like, how did they do that? So instead of just like asking them to write my message for me, um, I was just like, you know what, I should just bring them in because they're such great people and they have British accents so we could listen to them all day long and they've been great friends. They've stood by me um, through like the ups and the downs. And so I thought, let's just bring them in and talk. I get them to talk to us about kids and marriage and, and church and just some funny, hilarious stories. You're going to leave today thinking, I'm so glad I came to church. So would you help me? In fact, let's give a second chance welcome to our friends, Gary and Heather, all the way from the UK. Y'all let them know. Y'all let them know that we're happy to see them. Y'all come on up. So good to see you guys. A um, couple things. First of all, Heather, I need to point out those those boots. Can we get a hold on? Let's can we get a camera shot in here on these boots? Hey, look at those. But but Heather, it, you you didn't you didn't show up with those boots today, did you? Hold on, let me see. What, let me let me help. Let me help. Hold on. No, it's good. It's good. Hold on. I have trouble. Oh, you got it. You got it. It's perfect. Yeah, they're not even my boots. There was somebody that came, it was Sheila. She was on the second row, and I was like, I love your Jubilee outfit, because we're celebrating the Queen at home. Mm -hmm. And um, so she was all dressed in red, white, and blue, and she says, you can borrow my shoes and wear them on the stage. I was like, why not? So, so if you see <laughs> Sheila, she's the one with socks on out. <laughs> yes. Right she got she no probably, shoes. It's, it's um, so fascinating. They, they showed up um, Friday night. You flew in Friday night. And we hung out yesterday, but before we got to hang out, you guys on your own chose to do something 
And uh, it, was a, it was quite an experience. Why don't you share with our church what you, you both chose to do on your own? Well, we thought we were, we're in Anderson, and obviously you're famous for quite a few things. So we thought we'd go to the jockey lot. <laughs> it was incredible. I mean, I'm definitely going to go back there because it was so entertaining. She wants a return visit. It was too it much was for us brilliant. to take in. <laughs> the culture there. We, we've, like, traveled around the world, wow. and there's all these amazing cultures. Wow. You've got your own culture going on here. Yeah. It's fascinating. In the last service, you said, like, you've been in the markets in, in Turkey and in, in Asia, and yeah. the jockey lot is yeah. by far the most interesting. It is. It is. The yeah. people. It was the people. Yeah, we... Plus the animals. I nearly bought myself a, a goose and a turkey, but I didn't mean to. But, didn't take um, it home. But I did buy something. What would you buy? I bought a peach. You bought a peach. <laughs> it was very nice peach. Um, what else <laughs> could you have purchased with the peach, though? That's what's amazing. I know. Yeah, but I did buy a Peppa Pig caravan, or do you call them trailers around here? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I bought one of those as well for my granddaughter. Okay. And, yeah. but the, any, so you will go back to the Jockey Light? Yeah, because the sights, the, the sights were just incredible. I mean, there was men in dungarees. <laughs> Is that a thing around here? <laughs> it was hilarious. <laughs> it was very entertaining. I just think when they, they showed up yesterday, they were like, yeah, we went to the Jockey Light. I went, oh, wow. <laughs> We've got to talk about that. Um, it's, it, it's fascinating to just to know a part of your story, but let's, let's back up a bit and talk about, you, you guys have been married for 38 years. So, so Heather, was, Heather was two when you got married. Um, how, did you guys, how did you guys meet? Before we carry on, um, I just want to say what an honor it is for us to be here. Uh, we've been journeying with Perry as our friend, our dear friend, for about 10 years now. And all along, even with our boys, some different things that we went through. One of our boys had a life-threatening sort of situation where you call people to pray. You called the church to pray around the world. And uh, we saw our son come through this amazing surgery. But all the way through, Perry's been a friend that stood with us. And then we've been with you through the challenges and the things that have happened over the years. And so for us to be here at Second Chance right now is a huge, massive honor. Because this, this friend of ours, uh, your pastor, he is legit. He is he's the real deal. He has been there for us constantly. He has like, he's cheered us on. When we, when we had the sort of local media attack us and absolutely tear us to bits, who stands up for us? Our big brother over here. And uh, yeah, you guys don't know how much you mean to us. And then we saw and heard about the plans of, you know, Second Chance when you first sort of just dreamt of it. And we were there right at, right at the start before any of you were sat on the chairs here. It already existed what God had in store for you. And we got a chance to be a part of that. So for us today, it's a huge privilege to be here, to be amongst you. We count you as family, and we're so grateful. We're so thankful for you. It's, yeah, it, mm, mm. It, it's an honor to have you here. It really is. Um, so 
Let's let's circle back to how y'all how y'all so met. So I hijacked that, didn't I? Sir? Yeah. No, it's great. How, how did you how did you guys meet? Well, um, I know you said I I was probably about two when I started going out with Gary, but actually he's my toy boy, and uh, <laughs> and um, we met actually at a drama group where all the churches asked all the youth to come together, and it was called Binders Together. And we were lying across this floor, being the valley of the dry bones. And I looked across and saw him as I was, you know, positioned as a dry bone. And, and I saw her bones. <laughs> and I thought, they look good bones, you know. Oh, but he was only 19. And um, when he asked me out, I was like, do you realize how old I am? And he was like, yes, I do. So anyway, um, yeah, that's where it all started Rest is history. for us. Yeah. F five boys, five grandchildren. Wow. <laughs> Pretty good going. Yeah. Well, so with five boys, you, you guys obviously figured out what to do. Um, it's, it, you, you said that she just couldn't keep her hands off of you. And um, it was. I had to travel quite a bit with the church, you know, because otherwise there would have been more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I got a friend that has, uh, he had six kids, and somebody asked him one time, they said, don't, I, don't you know what causes that? And he goes, yeah, I know what causes it. I'm just not willing to give it up. So I was like, okay, well, that <laughs> makes sense. But you, you, so you've got five boys, and um, we got a picture of his family. If we could put that picture, that's, those are your five boys right there. And all, all of them are um, married or engaged except Luke on the far right. Luke, <laughs> Luke. And uh, he's available, and... Um, <laughs> So we're auctioning Luke off today, and uh, I'm just kidding. We could we could probably pay off a building. Luke is going to kill you, Perry. I know he's he's he can't get me right now because he's um. So well, let me back up. Gary's sons, Gary and Heather's sons, are insane. And when I say insane, like they're crazy. Like they just do, like what we would we would call crazy, random stuff. They they're they call it normal. For example, what, what did you just tell me that Luke, you just talked to Luke, and what's he doing right now? Yeah, so Luke messaged me this week. He's in Australia just yes. for uh, a few weeks, and he said, Dad, I've just been out. He's been camping by himself on the Gold Coast, and he said he's been uh, spearfishing, so diving down spearfishing, got a great big grouper. So he's on the way up with it. He said, and then there was a seven-foot shark above me. So he said, I had to wait for a minute, he said, and then wait for it to pass and then get out quickly. And he said, wow, he said it was amazing. I can think of a lot of words to describe that situation. Amazing is not one of them. I, if I look up and see a shark, that's what I'm with Jesus. I'm like, hey, Jesus, how you doing? Um, so, so you guys raised five boys, and they, um, they all love Jesus, and they're all involved in, in church. So how'd you do that? I mean, that, that's not an accident. I mean, you don't, you, you don't do that and go, wow, we just got lucky. I mean, there was some intentionality behind it. So what did you guys intentionally do to raise these boys? I think when we, when we had uh, our first son, I think we counted it as a huge um, privilege that God trusted us because we, we said, you know, children are a gift of the Lord. Right. But with gifts come responsibility. And I think the biggest issue we often find is when we get given a gift, we don't steward it well. And so looking at our, our boy, and then this was the, our first son who came along, there, I think there was this sense of God had entrusted this life to us. And his destiny, his future, his calling, it was down to us to be intentional. Right. 
and that intentionality, it doesn't just happen. It's not just about, you know, good education, not just about making a comfortable home and having love in the home. It's more than that. It's far more. Those things are important, far more. And I think what God said to us, you've got to get a vision for your family. Because some of us, we all have a vision for our family, but what is the vision? And God said, what vision do you have for your family to change this world? Because if I've given you sons, if I've given you children, then it's for a purpose. And I'm entrusting the vision with you. Because until the age that they leave home, you've got to impart that vision. You've got to have vision for them as a couple. And then what happens then is they've got to run and be released into the vision that they've been called for. And that was our mandate. That was our call. And so also we had written on our wall, we, I scripted on the wall, um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord because that was something we wanted to do together. We didn't want to just um, do something on a Sunday. We wanted to live it all week because, you know, God was so important to us. And, you know, how do you show your children to love God is by loving God yourself, loving people, and loving his church. That is the three main things. And so we wanted to teach our boys that. And it wasn't just something we wanted to do on a Sunday. That was our life. This was our life. And we wanted them to be on the journey with us. And so as we were building church, they came on that journey. And it's been incredible. And they all wanted to volunteer as soon as they could. They wanted to be on team. Hasn't always been easy. We've been through some difficult times as well. You know, it's um, not for the faint-hearted, is it, being parents? You never know what life's going to throw at you. But, you know, you've got to trust God with all of it and with them. And don't give up on your kids and keep praying for them. Always pray for your kids because prayer works. Yeah, because we, we had five boys, but one of our boys, in fact, Luke, he won't mind me saying this because I write about him in the book, but Luke went through in teenage years, ended up uh, being arrested from our house on Good Friday. <laughs> it was a Good Friday. And uh, not knowing at all. I mean, if you're going to do it, do it right. Yeah. Just on Good Friday. So yeah. I come home from pre you know preaching on Good Friday morning. Police knock on the door. They arrest him for um, some fighting that, that happened in the town. And they arrested him, and then we suddenly opened up was this whole sort of gang thing that he'd been a part of that we didn't know. He'd been, he'd been involved in drugs. We didn't know. We were busy pastoring people, building the church, and then suddenly our world got thrown upside down. Now, for two, three years, he was in a terrible place where we almost lost him through depression and other things, and all we could do was pray. I'm telling you, parents, when your kids are in a place, prayer was the thing that, sa that, that saved him. We just got together. And if you as parents, if you're not praying together, you're not using the best thing that God has given you. We prayed for him and God rescued him from that place. And then he ends up in years to come, he goes to work, you know, for a huge church around the world and just doing amazing things. But it was through that prayer. But I want to share it because sometimes being pastors, people think you have it all together. We do have five sons that have followed Jesus, uh, love the church, working for the church. But we, we had to fight for that. Sometimes you have to contend for the best things. And if there's anyone here today with maybe a, a child that is away from the Lord, don't give up on the vision you had for them. Sometimes we can just give up. You've got you to continue. No matter how old they are, they're still your kids. God can still move. We are seeing like restoration, a second chance for so many like adult kids that are coming back to the Lord. 
And we have such a heart for that. But you've got to get the vision and you've got to keep praying. God is able to break through. Yeah, and in that... Um, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, and in that time, you know, because it went on for years, this, this time with Luke, and it was a real... It was hard for both of us. And we felt like failures at times, you know, because of that. And um, But God kept saying, trust me. And I know it's easy sometimes to say uh, to trust God, but we have to trust him because there's nobody else there. We have to trust God. And I was like, well, he sent his son to rescue my son. And that to me meant I could trust him completely. And you know, that's what he does. He sends his son to rescue our children. It's, you know, Gary, I remember the conversation about Luke and I remember, um, you, you telling me about that. And uh, you, you're getting bonus material. We didn't talk about this in the last service. But you said after your son got, after Luke got arrested, you expected, you, you were ready to, you, were, you thought you were probably going to get fired from the church. And the church had a completely different response. Talk about that. Yeah. When we realized how deep this whole issue was, and some of it was in the paper and other things, I felt complete failure as a father but also as a pastor, I was thinking, how can I pastor people when my own son is possibly going to prison? And I offered my resignation to our leadership team. <laughs> so all those years ago, I said, you don't want me as the pastor. And they came back and said, we do want you <laughs> as our pastor. And they said, you know, he's, he's 18, he's made his decisions, but they said, we're not giving up on you or him. And they said, would you carry on leading us? And I'm so thankful that I had people around me and a leadership team around me that understood that as pastors, we're not perfect. We struggle with those challenges like everyone else. But do you know what? I have people that stood with me. And to have people that stand with you, that's what you need. If you're going through stuff, our church family should be the ones that stand by us and say, do you know what? We're going to believe for you. And when your faith and you're struggling, it feels so sort of uh, difficult, we're going to stand by you and help you. And that's what we experienced. I, I've, I'm amazed because anytime your boys do something, and when I, and you, they're, they're crazy. They, they are. They're all crazy. Good crazy. It doesn't surprise me. Like Luke spearfishing in Australia by him, doesn't surprise me. How did you, that, that character though was developed. You, you, you developed that into them. And we talked about this a little bit last yeah. service and I wanted to just sprint around the stage. It was so awesome. So talk about how you guys developed that character into them and that, yeah. that saying that you, I mean. So for us, the most important thing was to build character into our young boys. We, we started church when our second one was 10 days old and the first one was two years old. So they were involved along the whole journey but what we did is we did different um we did different things to develop i think this tenacity in their in their lives because let's face it so many of us if we don't build character we give up at things too soon and in a life where there is a lot of entitlement like it's amazing how we can very easily feel entitled to things in our lives we want our kids to sort of really know that you know what we have, we're going to be grateful for. So gratitude was a big thing. And part of that is sometimes we're going to work hard for some of these 
things. It's not just going to come. So we built this character and understanding within them. So we used to like do these games called the um, <laughs> endurance games. And they would love it. It was like maybe every Friday night, I had five little boys in their boxes because part of it was like wrestling and fighting. It was, it was like, who's going to give up? And I was trying to teach them, don't ever give up. Because many of us give up too soon. We're in the fight and we walk away. And our adversary threshold is too low. And God wants to build a threshold in us. Scripture talks about it. It talks about that persistence and about that character. And you've got to stand in there. And after everything happens, you've got to stand. So we used to do games like, you know, having, um, you know, putting your head in ice cold water. And how we timed them to see how long they could do it. And then it was like we, we had a pet rat called Roland. And uh, we, we got a bowl and then we put it on their bare stomach and he'd sort of try scratching. It was who could last the longest, you know. And then you get some ice and put it down their boxes and how long could they <laughs> hold it for. And they loved this. This was like the endurance games. What was the big lesson? Snows elves never give up. And it might seem funny, but what I was building was, guys, you're going to need this when faith, your faith is challenged. You're going to need this when you're in a situation where everything looks against you. You're going to need to believe that Jesus is the one that's going to come through for you. And that's what we did. And part of that was we taught them this uh, DNA, which was we, we've got in our church, which describes who we are. And it's called uh, Live Full, Die Empty. We call it LFDE. And Live Full, Die Empty means every one of us has been given potential. Doesn't, if you're alive right now, there's potential within you. But you've got to, you've, God's given you that potential to what? To realize, to release. And when I die, I want to die knowing I fulfilled my potential. Guys, some of you, I'm speaking to some people right now where you know there are dreams, there are unfulfilled things within your life. There is potential God placed in you that is not fulfilled. And if you don't get a complaint about it, you'll just die with your potential. Unfulfilled potential is worth nothing if it's not realized. You can talk about the great dreams, but God wants to find a way of getting it out. So this is what we taught our boys. But you've got to have this resistance. You've got to build in this character to say, I'm going to release the potential. Because the greatest potential right now, the treasure of potential, is in our graveyards. It's in people that went to their graveyards and they never fulfilled that dream, that thing they were doing. And so... I want to encourage every one of you here at Second Chance Church. I think God is here to say, do you know what? You need to live life to the full that I've given you. It's a gift so that you can die empty of that potential. Don't take it with you. It's something God has given you. At that point, he could have just dropped the mic and walked off the stage, and I would have been like, if I convicted on that one, I, uh, whew. You, you put you put ice in their boxers. I was, it's, I'm just saying, if you do that, don't don't put it on on TikTok or Instagram because you'll get arrested. But that's pretty amazing. Well, it. But what's crazy is it paid off because his his sons are all their sons are all over the world doing these crazy like. Um, so let me back up and kind of set this up. Back when we, when we were in the liquor store, I remember when we were back in the liquor store, and if you don't know, you'll, you'll figure it out. Um, we, we, back when we were in the liquor store, I, I stood on the stage one Sunday, and I told you guys, hey, if you give to this church, you're giving right now. We are sponsoring a church 
that um, I, I might have even mentioned it was in Africa, but I told you I couldn't tell you any of the details um, of that particular church. I just said we're giving to a church in Africa, and it's absolutely making a difference. We're seeing miracles, but I can't really talk about it. And I know sometimes when pastors say that, you're like, I don't know about it. But, but we're, we're going to share a little bit more information about it because the church that we were giving to in Africa was actually being pastored by one of Gary's sons. And uh, it, so talk about that a little bit. Like how, how, how did that wind up happening? Yeah, so Jordan went through this brain surgery which uh, some years ago that you, you supported us through. And it was a 50-50 chance of him coming through. What he had, only one other person had ever had it in the world. He had this uh, very unusual thing where they had to remove it. Anyway, he, before he goes under, we say goodbye to him, mm. praying and believing that he's going to survive. And they didn't know if he'd come through it with disabilities. And so we said goodbye to him. And he just said to us before he went, he just said, do you know what, if I make it through, he said, what, what's the one thing you want to do? He said, I'm going to change the world. So when he comes back, he ends up going to Cambodia to plant church. And he spends some time in Cambodia. And that church over there is just firing. And then he leaves there and he ends up some years later going to East Africa. The reason I'm saying East Africa is he goes to a place where he had to build underground church because the government closed 6,000 churches uh, just a few weeks after they arrived. And they weren't meant to be building church. So they were in a place where, you know, we've arrived. We've got a small team of a few people. They had no money. Uh, but they just wanted to take this gospel in this place that was shut down to the gospel. And so I, we went over to visit. And we came up with this crazy idea, which was, do you know what? We need a building, but we can't have a church because they'll close us down. So we need a building so that we can start a business. So we started a business, and it had a front of a business, but really it was church. So we ended up sort of having people come in, like office and spaces and laptops and a cafe. But behind the scenes, we were raising up disciples. We were reaching people, and we were, like, just seeing the church, you know, really begin to grow. But how that building happened, because we needed the money for the building, and we didn't have it, God put in my heart to call Perry. He said, call Perry. And it was just one of those moments. I said, call him. So I called him, left a five-minute voice message from Africa on a rooftop, I remember it, saying, Perry, we're in this place here. We're doing underground church. We got this building. We got this crazy idea. Probably no one will, like, take a chance on us. <laughs> but will you help us? Will you help us with the rent? And Perry came back, and he said, you know what? We at Second Chance, we're going we're gonna to cover the first 12 months' rent, Right? You guys, everyone that gives here, second chance, everyone that has given, you've got to realize that that giving has changed lives because we, that building today is actually full of, of people worshiping Jesus, being discipled, and you would not, be, if you could see it, they are on fire. They are because they're so thankful for their salvation, but you made that possible. Your giving made that happen. And again, just want to thank Perry for trusting us because, you know, investing in something that is, this is a big risk. But today, if you could see what is happening. Now, we, we've planted two churches out of that church since then into Kenya and into somewhere else by volcanoes, which is absolutely firing. <laughs> Guys, you're all part of this, but you don't know. And then we're just about to plant another church in a nation called Burundi. And that's, there's a civil war going on there. We're just about to plan into there in September. 
So your investment, what you've done, just want to come here and say thank you. You've empowered us to see people's lives change, not just in one nation, but several. Isn't that amazing? I love, I love giving to missions, but I love giving for our church to give to missions where we got a name and not just a, a postcard with a random picture on it. And so when they ask, I was like, because it's Gary and Heather and their kids, I'm like, yeah, we're because whatever they're doing, they're, they're just going to figure it out. And uh, knowing and seeing pictures and getting to see some of that happen has been so amazing. And then the, the church that you said that, you're starting in Burundi. Now, this, is, this was mind-blowing. The pastor that's starting that church. So Gary just, Gary just wrote a book called Firestarters. And it's about um, their journey and it's about their church. Because you guys have how many locations all over the world? Uh, we have 36 locations in 18 nations. 36 locations in 18 nations. That, that's... Uh, <laughs> and we're in Anderson. So... Um, yeah. So, so they, but Gary wrote this book called Firestarters. And um, by the way, we have, we have some copies. Now, when I say we have some copies, uh, they, they brought 100 copies and sold out of most of them. And, but we've still got a few left. If you're interested in getting a copy, immediately after the service, Gary and Heather will be right out these doors. And there's a table back there. Um, and if you can't get a book, um, they are, you can, they're available on Amazon, right? But um, Firestarters, and in that book, there's a chapter on pick up your cross or carrying your cross. And the, the pastor that's going to Burundi read, read that book, and the, him going there is so miraculous. I'm, I'm going to let you pick up the story from there and talk about the chapter in that book and the challenge and then how it transferred to yeah. him. So the book Firestarters is really about our story over 30 years of parenting, church planting, the whole ups, downs, even Luke who got into trouble. We put it in the book because I just want to be so honest with people. But there's like, it will inspire your faith. It's called Firestarters because already we've just seen since it's been out. It's, it's like rekindled fire in people's faith. People that have almost just like thought, hey, maybe it's over. It's like suddenly things have come alive. We, you know, it's, it's touching people's lives. But there is a warning to this book, really. It, it can mess you up. And that's what happened with this, our pastor who's, who's pastoring in this particular church, uh, neighboring Bur Bur Burundi, and he, he's there busy pastoring. We had plans for him to stay and carry on, on doing that, but he read the book. And then he, he said, do you know what? He said, We're, I'm called, I feel called. And we said, where to? You're, you're meant to be here. And he said, I feel called to Burundi. Now this guy is from Burundi and he's a refugee. He escaped the war and he's on a refugee status, so he's safe. And he's in a comfortable place, and you know, the church is doing well. And he just said, God said to me about that chapter, I read that chapter to pick up your cross, he said. And God said, you gotta pick up your cross. And that means you gotta go back to your home nation, regardless of the risk, to take my gospel, to love my church. And he said, you can't stay here, you gotta go. And so he said with tears rolling down his face, said, he said, it's me, I've gotta go. And so we're sending him, and Jordan's going to step back in as pastor, and he's going to be going with a small team, uh, with, and he won't be able to come back. And I just think, guys, 
when this, like part of this chapter that I write, it really is about each of us. We're called not just to believe, we're called to take up our cross. There's no such thing really as a believer, only disciples. We made up this thing that we could believe but not really be disciples. And it's, it really challenged me because pastoring over the years and the, the struggles that we had, I sort of almost questioned God a lot saying, you know, this, this burden you've given me, the church, <laughs> it's like, you know, it's really difficult. And he said, no, that's your cross. And he said, it actually should be an honor for you to carry your cross. And he said, no one else can carry the cross that I've given you. And every one of you have a cross to carry as a disciple, but you can choose to either carry it or put it down. And some of you, because the road got difficult, you put it down. And right now, if we could see in this room, we got a pile of crosses that are almost unclaimed because it got too hard. But you know what? You were made for more. You were made with a call. And it says, you can't be my disciples unless you what? Daily pick up your cross. Your cross is unique to you. And that's what I put in the book. That's what I put in the book is like, you've got to pick up this cross. He gave it to you. Are you willing to follow that? Are you willing to be the disciple that he called you to be? And that's, and that's what you, you spoken to your sons. I mean, you, you, you didn't let the world tell them what they could and couldn't do. You guys said, we're going to speak life into our boys. Yeah, because before you raise any kids, you're raising disciples. I'm, I'm with. <laughs> yeah, I think when we took on our kids, we didn't just see them as our kids with our own dreams, our own aspirations. We said, God, what is your vision for them? That's a whole different thing. What is your vision for your children that you put in our care that we call our children? What is it? Because we've got to nurture this. We've got to raise these disciples. We've got to raise them to have a passion for the lost. All of our boys, they have this, like, compassion for the lost. That's what drives them. It really is. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And it came from Heather. Yes. Heather has this, like, she just reaches everyone. She loves people. And she has poured this into our sons. This isn't about your dream. This is actually about reaching the lost. And we do it through loving them. That's what she poured into them. Well, I've seen that. We went shopping one day in some random village, and I couldn't get there. I mean, I don't know where we were. We were shopping, and uh, Heather was talking to everybody. And I was like, does she know these people? And you were like, no, she just does this all the time. <laughs> she just loves people. And I'm, like, trying to hide from people, and Heather's out. Oh, hello, love. And I'm like, it's the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> um did, and you always did it perfect, right? You always took, I mean, you always got all the kids to church on time, dressed perfect every Sunday. You got to oh, tell that story. It was crazy because it was challenging to be there early for church. We used to put the chairs out, you know, in the early days. Mm -hmm. We did all of that. Overhead projector? Yeah, overhead projector. One of the boys was on it. The words are the wrong way around, upside down, you know. We had a tambourine for worship. Do you know what I mean? It was, and some of the, some of our boys, they were growing up, they were so embarrassed. So you've got to understand, they weren't always part of a, a big church that seemed, I don't know, great and fun. And, you know, it was really sort of difficult. So we had to build this true faith within them about what this is about. It's about serving Jesus, not we have what we have around us. 
Uh, but we did, on one occasion, forget one of our children, left them at home. So we, we were at church, and we were like busy doing our stuff, and then half an hour through the service, a little boy, about seven years old, walked through the back, soaking wet through the back doors, and he came down, and suddenly I, I thought, we forgot him. <laughs> he must have been in his room, and I thought he was in the truck, in the car. And he said to me after, he said, Dad, how could you leave me? So we worked on that, worked on that relationship for a while. He's, he's very forgiving. We very did leave forgiving. one at an airport once as well and went on holiday, but he worked out okay. It's confession time. We were teaching them to be like independent, do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, how are you going to survive, lone survivor? How are you going to survive? They needed it. It's, so if you want to find follow on Instagram, you've got to follow them on Instagram because the, the, the British do it different than we do in America. Like they have a ho they have holiday like every three or four weeks, and you guys legitimately take, like you you just take all your boys to to Italy, and y'all are all staying in like one house, and it's so like they'll do Instagram and it's so loud, but they're not arguing. They're just having. I I, I Facetimed you guys one night and y'all were doing a, a murder mystery. Remember that? You're all dressed up and, and doing the murder mystery, and, and Charlotte was there, and um, it, was, it was crazy. Yeah, we try to, we are so serious about following Jesus, but what the balance is, is that we also make incredible memories. Yes. We have, we have fun. We have so much fun, and sometimes even when things are crazy, and you know, we're involved with some life-altering situations where we lose people in some of the countries we're in. And you've, you've got you've to really sort of have this thing of, guys, we're in this together, but we also need those moments where we can just create memories together. And that's why we'll make sure we gather. I think the, the, probably one of the most important times of just a few years ago, we all gathered in Italy. So we flew in from different parts and we had to meet in Italy because all the boys were over the world to just have a week out. And we make sure that happens because it's so important on top of what we're doing to create those memories. So when, when does the church in Burundi start? Like, when is it going to get started? It, we've got a few little um, loopholes to jump through. Um, and so I think September is what we're aiming for. That's, that's the plan. That's so we're getting ready and the team's being prepared and trained for that. That's amazing. And we're just That's about, actually, we're just about to launch into Thailand as well next month. No, this month. So we're just about to start a church in Thailand as well. Oh, just Asia and Africa. Let's yeah. just get them both. Yeah. We, uh, we're thinking about starting a third service. <laughs> you ever thought you had great faith and then you meet somebody, you're like, okay, I'm in the... I'm in junior high school, faith school. Uh, that's a, it's a, it really is amazing just to watch the, these guys. They just, they, it, my, my faith has been so stirred and inspired. And so um, I surprised him with this in the last service, but he's a little bit more prepared this service, I guess. But one of the things I've always loved about Gary and Heather is I've never, ever hung out with them, ever. Like who you see right here, this is who they are in the living room, in, in, on the back porch or whatever. And I've never hung out with them that, that I just didn't leave encouraged because they, they speak life. Gary and Heather, I think, have the gift of prophecy. And when I say prophecy, 
I don't mean like they, they sit there and they go, okay, God's giving me a word. There's somebody in the room and you're, you've got some lower back pain. Well, that's 80% of us right there. Like, oh, he's speaking to me. Oh, my, my, my back. And even if your back's not hurting, it just started hurting, right? So that, that's, and you can, that, it's not that. They, they speak life. And so I thought one of the best things that we could have as a church is, Gary, if you don't mind, if you would just, like what you've seen, what you guys have seen happen here at Second Chance, what you guys have observed from afar and now up close, I want you to, to speak prophetically and speak life. What, what do you see for our church? Yeah. What challenge, what, what encouragement would you give us today? Yeah, do you want to go first, Hope? Well, I just see a room full of people right now, and it's amazing. And, you know, we prayed for these seats before you even came in here, and to see these seats filled is amazing. And I just want to say that each and every one of you, there's people in you, there's people in you that you are yet to meet. There's people in you that are yet to be born. And, you know, we're all called to reflect Jesus on this earth and to reflect him and show him to others and to be that light. And so I just want to encourage each and every one of you. There's people in you that are yet to be reached. And nobody else can reach those people except for you. And so I want to encourage you to step out and invite and to share your story. Your story is so powerful. And so, and if every one of you in this room shared your story with someone, invited them along, that would double the numbers here right away. So I just want to encourage you to go double. Now, amen. Come on. I think just on the back of that, looking at some of your faces, I, I just think you've been through some things, some of you. Some of you guys have, um, I don't know, there's been some brokenness, disappointment. And in a way, you found yourself here in Second Chance Church. It's like, what the heck? What, what am I doing here? God brought you here. I think the whole, it's amazing what God does, isn't it, out of bad situations? It's amazing what God does out of what we think is brokenness. He redeems things and he makes something beautiful. And I think there is going to be a, like an incredible infilling in this church. An infilling. You're just beginning. You're just starting. And God has brought you to be a part of that. And this is more than just finding a church that suits your needs. It's actually about finding your calling. I think second chance at the end of COVID, we've had like two crazy years of COVID. And there's always like a, a vacuum after something like that. There's like a vacuum there's like emptiness, and there's a lot of people in our world right now with emptiness, and I think that the Holy Spirit always is drawn to emptiness. So now there is almost like a, a willingness, and a, the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives. That's where he wants to bring healing. He wants to restore some hope. He wants to come in and say, hey, there's more church. I believe he's calling you up to have greater faith. I think greater faith to believe for more. You are not just another church. There's something unique about Second Chance Church. Your journey, where you've been, where you're going. This is a city of light. It's a city that will draw people. But I think it's bigger than Anderson. I think it's bigger than just here. I think that even here you can be involved with sending people, not just into the, the U.S., but also further than that. I want to say even as I talk about some of these nations, there's nations in some of you guys. Some of you have nations, and because that's in your blood. There is something about pioneers within your blood to break the boundaries, to take, and to go where others won't. 
And I want to speak that over Second Chance Church. You are not confined, but I think there is something about release that's coming, greater vision in the days ahead, a greater pouring out about what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And I think this guy, this pastor of yours, he, he's prophetic. We talk about being prophetic. Prophetic just means hearing from God and speaking what he's saying. It's to almost bubble up and spill out what God is saying. Don't keep it in. This is what Per is doing right now. He's spilling out and speaking what God has for you. Not just in this city, but it's going to go wider than any of this. And we're so proud to be a part of this, to be part of your family. So, it's so funny, G. I'm going to pull up my notes for my journal this morning. I always write down a, so, so Gary just said that we need to have more what? More faith, yeah. So I always write down my word of the day in my journal. So this morning, just read what my word for the day is out loud to everybody. Faith. Yeah. Faith. <laughs> faith, come on. Yeah. Faith. Sure. Perry, there's like a higher call, higher call of faith. Mm. Go for it, church. You got to go for it. Believe for some impossible things. Pick up, even where some of you stop believing. I think today, right now, maybe I can just pray. Father, hundred percent. I pray right now, Lord. I just believe, Holy Spirit, that you're stirring the embers of faith. There are fire starters in this place right mm. now in Second Chance. There's even been like the embers. You think it's gone out, but right now the Holy Spirit is breathing life upon the embers of faith in your life. And we Amen. say, come alive in Jesus' name. Come alive. Fresh hope, even dreams that you gave up on. I declare in Jesus' name, this is a new day of hope, a new day of faith to rise up for Amen. all that God has for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Come, Lord, move and minister to your people minister in this house in Jesus name for all that you have loving God good God thank you Jesus the heads bowed and eyes closed maybe maybe Gary and Heather's word just what God said to them through them to you just resonated maybe you maybe you got to that place where you gave up on your purpose you put down your cross Maybe right now where you're sitting, you can just make it a personal altar and just say, Jesus, Jesus, I want to I wanna pick up my cross. I want to follow you. I want to live full and die empty. Show me, Jesus, how to live full. It could start with that prayer right there. Jesus, show me how to live full and die empty. No, but head still bowed and eyes still closed. Maybe you're here and you've never prayed to receive Christ. You've never asked Jesus into your life. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And that's what Gary and Heather, some of you are like, I'm just drawn to them. What is it? It's Jesus in them. And you know today, whether you're in the room or watching online, that you need to ask Jesus to come into your life. Right now, I want to invite you to pray a prayer. and Ask him just, just right where you sit right now. Say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin. And right now, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. You are my Lord 
in Jesus' name. With heads bowed and eyes closed right now in this room, if you just prayed that prayer, would you do me a favor and just put your hand straight up in there and hold it up? I want to pray for you. Amen, 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 amen. All over the room, all over the room and online, amen. Father, I want to thank you for these hands. I want to thank you for these people that have said yes to you, Jesus. I want to thank you for what you are doing in our church. Father, I pray that you would stir our faith. I pray that you would bless Gary and Heather and their family. God, I pray that they would walk in favor and anointing. And God, they would absolutely continue to set this world on fire. Thank you for their example. Thank you for their friendship. And thank you, Jesus, that you are still doing amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for that for them. We believe right now the best is yet to come. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this in your name. Amen. Did you guys enjoy Gary and Heather today? We love being them. I didn't plan on this. I, I didn't plan on this, but this is just something the Lord laid on my heart last service, and I told him, I said, okay, if you do it next service, we'll do it. So he, he did it. So I just, I just, I'm pretty excited about this church plant in, in Burundi where nobody else is going. They're reaching people that nobody else is reaching, and this guy that could literally lose his life going back and starting this church. So, so Gary, by the time you guys get back home, we're, second chance, we're, we're going to sow $5,000 into to the start and just say that's and that's just the beginning that's just something that we want to do because because we we don't want to invest in something we, we want to invest in something where we're seeing it make a difference so when you get home there's going to be five thousand dollars and we want that to go towards this church plant because we believe in you guys and it's going to make a huge difference well a huge difference well you didn't ask for it and i, I know you I know you weren't expecting it, and that's what makes, I know it'll go, I know it'll be, it'll, it'll multiply. And so we love you guys, and um, man, it's, <sighs> are you glad you came to church today? Man, I'm glad. I'll give you guys a, give you guys a second to get back there to your book yeah. table. Y'all take off, and, um, and listen, listen, thank you so much for being here this week. Next week, we've got something like this, and it's, it's going to be just as awesome and just as cool. I can't wait. And then we got Father's Day where we're going to have giving away the golf cart and probably have a couple fights over the golf cart. And that'll be awesome. We'll get all that on video and probably get on the news. And, and it'll be you guys on the news, not me in the news, which will be better. That'll be better. So anyway, love you guys. If you're a first-timer, come by and hang out. Gary and Heather are going to be at their book table. We love you guys. Have a great week, and we'll see you all next Sunday.